0: Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix, I'm Sarah and today I'm just giving first impressions on Dishonoured 2 Revenge of Delilah, which is a subtitle that I've made up for her but it seems very appropriate. At the end of Dishonored 1, which I finished playing uh, a couple of days ago, you restore Emily to the throne as Corvo, her royal protector and father. So, dual role there. And then throughout the DLC, when you play as Dowd, you encounter the witch Delilah Copperspoon, who is trying to take possession of Emily so that she can rule the Empire, whose plan you foil in the final mission. So, I already knew, because I'd had to Google certain things about the character delilah just to make the episodes about the dlc so i went into dishonored to knowing that she was going to be the primary antagonist and to be honest that all kicks off so fast that it's barely a spoiler the game starts with you emily 15 years on so you're now a grown-up and the empress with corvo your father who is aged slightly but is still a very able royal protector you go to your throne room to celebrate or perhaps A better word would be mourn the anniversary of your mother's death, at which point a guy turns up a duke with a covered litter uh, containing, you guessed it, Delilah Copperspoon. And he brings with him a bunch of clockwork soldiers which have knives for arms and skulls for faces. And I just know they're not going to be very fun for me later on. Thankfully, I haven't had to fight any of them yet. But then a bunch of your guards turn on you. And it is announced that Delilah is the illegitimate daughter of the previous emperor. So she is the previous empress's, your mother's illegitimate sister, and as such has acclaimed the throne instead of you. The game then launches you into the middle of a fight and asks you to pick between Corvo and Emily. I, of course, chose Emily because I've already played as Corvo and I wanted to, you know have some new powers, play as a lady, and also I thought it would be a more interesting storyline because otherwise I'd just be trying to save Emily again and I already did that in the first game. So I chose Emily and then the character that you didn't pick gets turned into a statue or I'm assuming that's what happens to Emily if you pick Corvo but Corvo is definitely now a statue. You're then taken as Emily and locked in your room so that they can get on with basically slaughtering anyone who's loyal to you in the palace. So that's when you first get control of the character, really, you're in the room, you can walk around and fiddle around with things and pick up some flavour text leaflet things that are on the desk and find out a bit about the situation in the Empire. And there's an open window where you can get out onto a ledge. So obviously I went out there and then I got a bit stuck because there was a pipe in the way so I couldn't walk across the ledge. I couldn't climb over the pipe and there was nowhere to go. So I kind of went back in the room and I looked around and I was like, there's nothing in here that I can interact with. So what's going on? And then I had to Google it. And do you have any idea the peculiar kind of shame that you feel having to Google like the first action that you're meant to have independently as a player? It's just, it's horrible. And I hated it. And then the walkthrough that I found said that you went to go out of the window onto a ledge and walk along to the next open window. And so I went back out on the ledge and I'm like, there's no fucking open window it's just me some leaves and a pipe that's in the way and that's because never in the previous like the first game or in the dlc and forgive me if i'm wrong about this but i genuinely can't remember an occasion where i was able to open a window that was closed which is apparently what you're meant to do so i went back in the room went up to one of the closed windows and sure enough you can now open windows which is a cool new power that i was not expecting to get and before i even spoke to the outsider amazing So once I'd recovered from that little bit of a blunder, I managed to get around to the next room. You meet a guard who's dying, who gives you the sword and tells you that you have to get your signet ring back because it opens a secret door which leads you into a vault which has a secret escape passage from the castle. Then you have to do some sneaking around, Uh, you recover the ring, you get out of the castle and you meet up with someone on a boat who previously came to the castle to try and get an audience with you or corvo because they had important news apparently that news was there's going to be a coup and everyone you love is going to be murdered or turned into a statue so we probably should have spoken to them but never mind you get down to their boat which is called the dreadful whale which is a lovely name for a boat and then they sail off and they tell you that the duke of Circonos and delilah copperspoon have conspired to make her the new empress this is when you meet the outsider very similar to what happened in the first game after you'd escape from the prison you go to sleep and you appear in the void which now looks very different and you meet the outsider who similarly looks a bit different he now looks a little bit more like the penguin from gotham and he may be voiced by the same guy because it was definitely reminding reminding me of him um and the void is now a lot darker and more shadowy and there's a lot more spiky things in it than before But he gives you a little chat and then you can either accept or reject the mark of the outsider, which gives you supernatural powers. I don't know why you would reject that, but there is an option for it. What I think is unfair is if you reject the mark, you don't get to use runes for any of the more passive abilities like increased health or increased speed in movement or agility any of those things apparently those are magical abilities so you don't get those either when you find a rune it will just be converted into cash which seems like kind of a waste obviously i accepted the mark uh, got my first power which is far reach which is emily's version of blink it basically is this kind of weird viney shadowy stuff shoots out of your hand grabs onto stuff and pulls you to it Basically just a cosmetic difference to how Blink works, but I don't really like the fact that it kind of curves like the line that you have to use to aim it as opposed to it being more straight, which is how Blink works. But there you go. You also then get the heart, which is something you had in the first game. It's an item, which is a heart uh, with stuff stuck in it, which helps you locate runes and bone charms. But this time when you pick it up, a little ghost of the Empress comes out and talks to you. And apparently the heart has always been the Empress's heart. So for the whole first game I was just carrying around my dead girlfriend's heart squeezing it to get information on people and that's just really weird and I'm glad I was wearing a glove. Then you get dumped back on the boat and the lady who is piloting the boat, Megan Foster, who is voiced by Rosario Dawson, which is lovely, Um, she tells you that um, so- uh, Sokolov, who was the scientist who we made various things in the previous game was her ally and was on the boat but has been kidnapped and you need to go and rescue him then you find out that you've sailed away from Dunwall which is the setting of the first game and all of the DLCs attached to it and that you've sailed onto a country called Karnaka, which is further to the south and is where the Duke of Circanos is from and apparently according to the Wikipedia page for the game this city was based on southern European countries so like Greece, Italy, Spain. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like old films sort of like Poirot settings when he goes to like Egypt. It gave me that kind of vibe but Um, If that's what they designed it to be, then I guess that's where they took their uh, inspiration from. The environment is now a lot more sandboxy. There are now neutral areas where you can just walk around normally. Although if you do things like knocking people out, then the civilians get scared and they start throwing rocks at you and then they go and get guards, which is not great. That's that's not fun. But you can just generally explore the kind of open world areas. It's not hugely open, but it is more open than it was in Dishonored 1. They've also now also replaced the rat plague, which obviously ended in the first game, with a blood fly plague, uh, which are sort of, I guess, like giant mosquitoes. Uh, But they make nests in corpses and they are attracted to corpses. So they basically function like rats in the first game, except obviously now they fly, which is off-putting like scuttling things on the ground is one thing but things flying at my face I just cannot deal with so I resolved to try and avoid those as much as possible. Other differences with the environment is that uh, as opposed to Dunwall which is mostly a blubber powered neighbourhood where you take tankers of whale oil out of things to stop them working you now have to disable winter mills to stop security devices like walls of light working which is fine because, to be honest, I never really disable them. I either go around them or reprogram them so that they fry people I don't like. One other difference to the gameplay is that now, instead of going to a base where you can buy things, like in the first game, where you can just like re-equip yourself before missions, The re-equipment places are now black market shops that you have to find in the environment. Uh, It let me find the first one with like uh, an objective marker on it, but I feel like though that maybe won't happen next time. And you find them by finding a sign of two hands and following the arrows to get to a sort of black market shop dealer. And the prices are basically all the same as they were in the first game. So sleep darts are still 30 coins each, which is extortionate. And you can now only carry five of them instead of ten, which is not great for Sarah because I rely on them like breathing. At point of recording, I have played obviously the opening mission where you escape into the streets of Dunwall and get to the boat to escape to Karnaka. And I've played the first level where you are just going around Karnaka and you're basically just trying to find a way to get onto a special train carriage which is sort of like one of those old chitty chitty bang bang style cars that runs on a rail for some reason and that will take you to the adamai institute which is apparently where they do like elixir research and research into like diseases and things and the reason you're going there is one to rescue sokolov who is an ally to speak to another doctor who might know something about your other objectives in the future and also to find the crown killer And the crown killer is like prong two of Delilah's evil plan to depose Emily as the empress. Part one is saying, you know, I'm Jessamine's sister, so I have more right to the crown than you. And part two is basically all of Emily's enemies politically have been murdered by a sort of shady assassin figure who is being referred to as the crown killer. And people think that obviously this is Corvo because her dad and royal protector is a very effective assassin and um, everyone's being assassinated so it's, it's a pretty clear cut case but the idea is that delilah has been having people murdered by her own assassin to try and muddy your reputation and make her takeover easier so you're trying to take that person out and find out who they are and what they're doing obviously uh, moving forward into the game most of it is going to be about and the storyline, I'm not going to know a huge amount about Corvo and what the game is like if you play as him. But um, just on the subject of what powers you get, uh, Corvo still has most of his original ones from the first game. So Blink, uh, Devouring Swarm, which still summons rats, which can get rid of dead bodies before blood flies start like nesting in them. You can still use possession to take control of rats and people, but also now dead bodies. And you can also now take control of more than one thing any one time. You, can, you still have bend time and wind blast as well, which I didn't really use in the first game. Emily has different powers, so I've already covered far reach. The other powers that I've invested in are dark gaze, which you still have, which helps you like look at things and locate things in the environment. Uh, she also has domino, which I've spent runes on, which you can mark two targets at the moment and then you can take it up to three and four with later upgrades uh, and then whatever you do to one of them happens to the other one which I thought would be very useful given my limited number of sleep darts because theoretically when I upgrade it enough I can mark four people sleep dart one of them and they will all sleep which is handy although I haven't actually managed to use it effectively yet because it's taking me a while to get used to it uh, there's also other powers that I haven't unlocked yet. Uh, mesmerize, which is apparently like hypnotism to distract your enemies. Shadow Walk, which lowers your visibility and enables you to move around the environment without being seen as easily. And Doppelganger, which can make a clone of you, which um, can misdirect people. And I think that that works a lot like Summon Assassin did in the. DLC. Aside from Rosario Dawson now being a voice actor in the series, there's also Vincent D'Onofrio, who you might know from Law and Order Criminal Intent, which is where I know him from, but he's also obviously been kingpin in Daredevil and various other things in films, so quite famous and very distinctive voice. And also, I've just looked him up, and in fact, The Outsider, who was voiced by Billy Lush in the first game, is now voiced by Robin Lord-Taylor, who is the Penguin from Gotham which I guess is why they've now redesigned his face so he looks more like that guy so I was right ha. Like in the DLC where obviously Dowd was a voiced character, Emily and I presume Corvo as well are also now voiced. So while you're moving around, they'll sometimes say things uh, to do with the environment that you're in or you'll get to a certain point in the level and they'll say something to like remind you what your objective is. Like uh, I got near the train lines, which I'd cut the power to so I could just walk along them to the carriage but I was searching for a rune so I guess I'd been there for quite some time and so Emily said the power's off now I can walk on the lines and I was like I fucking know Emily I'm just doing some other odd jobs before I go all right I am enjoying the game so far it offered me at the beginning a chance to do a tutorial which I declined and then instantly thought wait what if they've changed all of the buttons but the buttons are actually exactly the same as the first game and because I've just come off of playing the first game and then the subsequent DLC I got back into it really easily it's always been a really easy game to play and get into it didn't take me that long to learn the controls in the first place so that's thankfully good and there's also now quite a lot more magic and stuff I guess because Delilah Copperspoon is now more of a, a prominent character there's more talk of magic and black magic and the coven working against the empress and all that stuff so that's very interesting and that's definitely what I'm here for also having uh Corvo in magical danger because obviously he's been turned into a statue and i'm probably going to have to work out how to make him not a statue again um is is quite good it's definitely put magic more at the forefront than in the first game which i'm really enjoyed and that's exactly what i'm here for so i hope very much that that continues and you can catch up with me on that in another episode i hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you're enjoying a review of the Dishonored series in general if you've started playing the game do let me know let me know what kind of chaos you have because I'm trying to keep it low but I want to know what happens if it's high what happens I don't know be sure to follow on twitter which is at witchfix and to get in touch by email if you have anything else you'd like me to review which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com And you can donate to my Patreon as well so that I could buy a copy of Death of the Outsider, which is the next Dishonored game. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.